you know, nowadays there's all these people selling you this idea that you can just do everything online and you can, you know, get fans online and sell music online and all that. I kind of don't believe that. I believe it's important to diversify, number one, but I also believe that, you know, performing live is really important. We're going to talk about why you need to have income streams. And, you know, I can speak to this from the perspective of being a musician, having to have all these multiple income streams. And even now in my business, like I don't have one income stream. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Brie Noble. Brie is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Brie's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Brie is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, hey, this is Brie Noble, and I am so glad you're tuned in to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast today, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. We have been talking about income streams basically over the past month on this show because of the fact that I have been doing the Profitable Musician Summit, and we are nearing the end of the summit today. Our closing date is Thursday, May 10th, but if you missed any of it, you can always go to ProfitableMusicianSummit.com. Uh, even if you're coming here after the summit is totally over and there is an opportunity to grab an all access pass if you want to go and watch all of our 40 interviews and very helpful sessions on 33 different streams of income. You can check that out, ProfitableMusicianSummit.com. And today we're talking about why. Why do we need all these streams of income? I don't, not saying you should have 33 different streams of income, but I do believe that you should have anywhere from three or four to even seven or eight different streams of income that fit your personality, your lifestyle, and just the way that you work as a musician. And today on the show, we're talking about why those are important and how you can avoid the ups and downs of income as a self-employed musician. So we're going to jump right now into my Indie Interactive on Facebook Live, where we talked about this subject today. So maybe you've been thinking all this time, like, why? Why do I need to do that? Why can't I just perform live and sell CDs? Or why can't I just you know, nowadays there's all these people selling you this idea that you can just do everything online and you can, you know, get fans online and sell music online and all that. I kind of don't believe that. I believe it's important to diversify, number one, but I also believe that, you know, performing live is really important. So um, we're going to talk about why you need to have income streams. And, you know, I can speak to this from the perspective of being a musician, having to have all these multiple income streams. And even now in my business, like I don't have one income stream in any shape or form. Like I have probably five or six different ones, including the fact that I still do occasionally some demos for people because I think it's good for me to stay in the game. And, you know, that's one income stream. It's not a huge one, but it all comes together to make a beautiful uh, puzzle that fits together 
that makes you your income. So um, I'd love to find out from you guys that are here, like how many income streams do you have right now? Riff and Tiff said seven income streams. That is great. I love that. Um, I think when I was doing music full time um, and not what I do now, I probably had five or six different income streams. And I think that that's probably what you want to shoot for. So let's talk about why we need them. Um, so I had these lovely slides, but we'll just pretend that they're here. Um, and my first slide was talking about how income is seasonal, especially with live venues. So um, I don't think Carlene is here yet, but she lives in Florida and she often talks about how her income streams are very seasonal as far as like the venues that she performs at because Florida is very tourist centric in the winter time. So for her, she kind of has an opposite tourist um, and seasonal schedule than maybe I do because I'm in California. So for Californians, like that's when they have all the festivals is in the summer. They have, you know, there's a lot more um, venues that you can perform at that are outside and farmers markets and things like that that happen in the summer. And then I was kind of thinking about Tara B because Tara, um, you know, she's been expanding her income streams. Now she has a, a booking course. And before that, you know, and still she performs tons of dates throughout the year. And um, she, you know, we were deciding like she does this challenge twice a year called Book Like a Boss. And we were deciding when to do that in the twice a year time. And she's looking at her calendar and she's like, okay, well, these are the times that I can't do it because I'm absolutely slammed with gigs. And for her, obviously, December is a big time with um, holidays. And, you know, for me, I was always super busy during December. And then for her, it tends to be Valentine's Day as well. So we couldn't do it before Valentine's Day. We ended up doing it at the end of February because before Valentine's Day, she, like the two weeks before, she had a ton of gigs leading up to that. So, um, and then I think she has maybe July is another big one too, because she's performing at a lot of different, you know, outside places. So, um, are there any times for you guys in the chat that you find are really, you know, totally slammed as far as gigs and then other times that you find that are just kind of really slow? Catherine says, my teaching and classical shows are winter incomes. Yes. And then summer is mostly fiddling. Yeah. So she's her income streams work really well because her teaching is obviously mostly from September to May or June. And then those middle months in the summer, she does a lot of different festivals and, and touring and stuff for her actual performing as a fiddler. So um, I'm guessing for her too, probably December gets crazy because you still have students, plus you also have performances. You know, for me, I would always do a lot of tours in like February, March, May, September, and then December. And so then those other months, I wasn't as busy and I needed to find other ways to bring in income. So that's why we need to be looking at the different income streams. So the next thing that I had on my list is that um, the markets change, right? So what I'm thinking about here is that 
things like iTunes sales, right? Maybe you used to do really well on iTunes as far as selling, you know, downloads and albums and things like that. That's going to be changing. iTunes has said that they are phasing out downloads sometime in 2019. So we really need to be jumping on the streaming bandwagon, even if we don't like it, and be focusing on getting people over to Spotify and Pandora and places like that where you're making streaming income. So learning about all the different ways that you can make income, including downloads and streaming, is important. Um, tomorrow on the summit, we've got you know, Allison is Allison Sharp from Banzoogle is talking about getting people to download from your website, which you can still absolutely do, even if iTunes goes away. You there's still people that want to download, and those are probably going to be your most hardcore fans anyway that would be going to your website. But then we've got Sarah Hamilton from Ditto Music talking about streaming and how to increase your streaming income, not just you know in your local area and with your fans, but all over the world. So you need to be thinking about those different ways that you can bring in money as, you know, if you're relying a lot on things like iTunes, that is going to decline, has been declining. Uh, I still believe that CD sales at local events are going to remain constant because the people that buy from you there are people that want to support you and they're not going to stop buying. But I do think that people are going to change the way that they buy online. So, um, and as, you know, people may eventually stop coming as much to local venues and you might need to switch your focus to performing online, as we talked about on day four with Concert Window and with, you know, monetizing things like Facebook Live. Those may be things that you want to start moving into eventually, I mean, say that venues in your area start closing, like you need to have something in place that you can still monetize live performing. So, you know, Jennifer Knapp talked about how she has kind of created Concert Window as a monthly residency for herself. So she always knows whether her performing schedule is busy, whether she's touring or whether she's doing other things and not performing as much, she's always got income from this concert window every month. So um, that's how you need to be thinking about streams of income in relation to changes in the market. So another thing that I put down that can really um, throw off your steady income, and if you're, you've got different income streams, then you can adjust, is if you have some kind of health issues. And I definitely went through this in my career um, I have a, a disease called Crohn's disease, if you guys don't know. And after I had my kids, it just like went a little bit crazy. And I had a few times where I was hospitalized. And had I not had these different streams of income where I could still like record demos from home, I could still write, I was writing songs for um, some other um, collaborators that were actually paying me to help write some songs. If I hadn't have had those incomes, it would have been much more difficult because there was a time period where I couldn't go out and perform. I was not healthy enough. And I know many of you go through these kind of health struggles. Um, another thing is when I was pregnant, um, I performed a lot while I was pregnant, but at some point I hit a wall and just said, you know what, I have to cancel these last few gigs. There's just no way that I can handle 
you know, the stress of going to these gigs that were an hour away and all that's involved and dragging my stuff and, you know, being able to even breathe when I was trying to sing. So I, at that point, I focused more on doing stuff from home and I had a bunch of back work that I had um, needed to catch up on for some other people that I was doing demos for them. And I was able to just completely focus on that recording from home and not have to worry that I was missing out on the gigs that I was obviously missing out on because I was pregnant and just couldn't perform. So I'd love to hear in the chat if you guys have had any experiences like this where you had some health challenges. I know um, Beth had had uh, foot surgery and that really, you know, made it hard for her to book performances. And so if you're able to get some kind of um, other income, then that, you know, wouldn't affect you quite as much. And I know, you know, many of you have had some health frustrations along the way. And the final thing that I'm going to talk about, which is kind of relates to this a little bit, but it's really life situations. So sometimes the issues related to health are related to someone in your family. And you have to kind of back off on live performing because you've got to, you know, help an aging parent or a child that is, you know, dealing with a, a disease or, you know, a really difficult time with sickness, especially when they're little. Um, you know, life situations can throw things off a lot in the performing side of things. And so finding, you know, income that you can make from home is really helpful in these situations or if you, you you need your schedule to be flexible because you have these things you need to take care of in your life um, and you you just can't like set things up on a calendar and know that you'll be able to go to these gigs. So I did a whole um, podcast that was kind of bringing in all the different ideas of income that you can make from home, everything from music licensing to um, home studio to uh, on, in a few days, Jody's going to talk about voiceovers um, from, you know, teaching from home at long distances. We had uh, talks about that yesterday on the, on the summit. And so even if you can't, you know, maybe your students come to your home, but maybe you can't even do that. Maybe you just need to teach them from afar. And that's totally doable in these days. So these are some really good ideas that you can throw in there when your um, your streams of income are decreasing because of not being able to be reliable going out and performing live. And, you know, there are so many things in life that can happen. You can, maybe you have to move. Maybe um, you go on, you know, I go on a three week vacation every month with my family because we go back to Maine and there's no point in going that far unless you're going to be there for a while. And so I need to be able to organize my life around that. And so the more that you can be flexible in putting in different streams of income at different times and kind of knowing what your year looks like, the better. So I'm just going to kind of see what everybody is saying in here. Um, yeah, and, and Beth also said she was helping her mom this last year, which kind of made me think of this, um, that, you know, she really couldn't go far from home. And she felt like she had two additional part-time jobs. Absolutely. 
and it's really hard to, to book gigs when that's that kind of thing is going on. Riffin Tiff says she just joined Gig Salad. That is awesome. So I'm assuming maybe you saw it on the summit today. If you haven't watched today's summit events, we've got three really amazing speakers on live gigs, uh, including Jeff Celentano talking about corporate events. We have Tara B talking about niche events. And then we have Nancy Moran talking about booking tours. And then we have two people talking about gig salad, which are also live events. They're more on like the private scale, like, you know, weddings and uh, private parties and things like that. We have an artist who talks about it, uh, Kylie Wright. And then I brought in someone directly from gig salad. So you could understand exactly how the site works and know um, exactly what kind of gigs you can get there and how to make the most of it and all that. And I know that many of you have joined Gig Salad and gotten some really cool gigs from it, um, been able to put in some quotes on some things that are even, like Beth got a request for a quote about something that's in 2019, which I think is, is cool because it's going to be a really big, you know, a neat opportunity if it works out. So they've got everything from like, we need you tomorrow to, we want you for this bigger thing, you know, in six months. So, so Carol says my income streams are kind of seasonal too, because public libraries tend to book us specifically for children's performances toward summer. Yes. Yeah. We have that too at our library um, when the kids are home. Totally. I know that they, they do have like for younger, younger kids, they do tend to have those year round, but those are like, you know, preschool and under, but you know, the bigger kids, they obviously have to have them when they're, it's summer for them. Molly says late winter is always slow for us. People seem to have holiday, holiday burnout. Yep. Um, and social engagement, engagement fatigue. It's true. I think January is probably the hardest month. People are just done for a while. Um, then they kind of pick up for Valentine's day. I'm not sure if you know, your band tends to do Valentine's Day events or not. But um, Riff and Tiff, Tiff says summer is huge for weddings. Yes, it is. Festival gigs. Winter, we are hoping to go south for year-round gigs in good weather. Sounds like a great plan. And also, like, just looking at how you can increase each one of those a little bit makes a big difference, right? We don't have to, like, go crazy with booking a ton of shows, but increasing each one by a small amount can make a big difference if you're looking at a bunch of different income streams. Um, Beth says, according to Tara, January is a good month to focus on booking. Um, yeah, I'm assuming you mean like actually doing the booking. That makes total sense because it does seem to be very, very slow in January. I can't remember what she said on her session. I'd have to go back and check. Um, but Cindy says Tara's session is terrific. It absolutely is. Thank you guys for showing up as usual. I really, really appreciate you showing up live. Hopefully by next week, we'll have our slides back and everything will be working correctly technologically. Thanks so much for showing up. You guys have a fantastic day and a fantastic week. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.